Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I am Mariah of Mariah Creates, and I'm here with my co-host and fellow print fanatic, Jillian of Studio Soprano. We have been seeing a ton of work shared by other designers and also requested by clients that involves sculpted embossing, which is a super intricate method, and we knew we'd have to bring in an expert on this one. So we are very excited to introduce our guest today. Um, welcome, Mark of Metal Magic. Hi, Mark. Thank you. Hi, Mark. Hello, good welcome. morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invitation. Of course, we're both super excited. We are so thrilled. Yeah, we've been seeing a ton of this work around the, you know, the designer community that we're in. And um, it's just something that I think a lot of people can't grasp how to kind of get into um, or what goes into it. So we're super excited to kind of, um, you know, share that with some people and and also educate ourselves. Um, So, yeah, we're stoked you're here. Well, as a die maker, I'm thrilled to hear that. The more the more people that are interested in in sculptured embossing, the the better it is for for all of us, obviously. Yeah, too true, too true. Could you give us just a brief introduction for Metal Magic, and then also yourself and what you do um, in the company? Sure. So I am um, Mark Schumacher. My name. Uh, my I've been with the company for about twelve years. I am the vice president of sales. Uh, Metal Magic also has a subsidiary company called Liberty Foil, um, and Metal Magic manufactures the the dyes, and Liberty Foil is a distributor of all types of foil, hot foil, cold foil, uh, digital foil. Uh, Metal Magic is um, 35 years old this year. We were started in 1988 by Charlie and Donna Brown, um, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, They were... They, they were at the right place at the right time. There was a need for additional dye-making capabilities in, in the industry. Charlie um, is one of those guys that is good at chemistry, but also good at um, engineering, electrical things, just figuring stuff out. So he, um, uh, through the help of a, of a friend, a, a finishing company in Phoenix, uh, got into etching copper dyes, and and that's how the company was started as just a, a manufacturer of copper photo etched flat stamping dyes. But over the years, it has uh, grown. We we have grown by you know just uh, natural growth, but also we've we've grown by acquiring other dye makers across the country, and and have evolved into a company that makes not only copper dyes uh, for flat stamping, but also grass dyes for uh, sculptured emboss. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. How big is the company? Like how many employees do you guys have? So we are, uh, you know, plus or minus. We're, we're right around the 60 yeah. employee. Um, we, we operate one shift a day. Um, and, and it's one shift a day because most of our customers' demands are you know, it's, it's, it's quick to press. You know, you, you, a customer will send us a file and they need it, you know, pronto. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so we're, we're in the case uh, on flat stamping dies. Um, we our, our typical turn on those is if we receive the file today by 11 o'clock Phoenix time, we ship it out the same day. Awesome. And so, you know, really, it really defeats the, the purpose or the need to have multiple shifts when when you're, you know, when your production schedule is, uh, for the most part, is a same day. That's awesome. That's yeah, amazing. That's so it's it's quite a it's quite an interesting environment, um, you know the the it's it's like a wave. I always explain it to customers like a wave. You know how a wave starts out in the ocean and then it grip builds and builds and builds and then crashes into the beach. Well, that's that's very similar to most dye makers out there. We we start with a with a fevered activity up front and pre press, and then it builds into programming and then it builds into um, the manufacturing cycle. And at the end of the day, it all crashes down into shipping. 
Um, and so, you know, we, people, people from the front part of the operation end up at the, at the, in the shipping department at the back because FedEx is there to pick up at, at six 30. And so everybody is just scurrying like crazy to try to get, uh, as many of the, the customer orders out as possible. Yeah. All hands on deck. It is exactly. It, it, you're, you're exactly right, Jillian. It, it is all hands on deck. It's, um, um, there, there are times when, you know, it's on a lighter day, there's two or three people out in shipping. And then there's times when it's a busy day, there's five or six people out there in, in shipping. So it, uh, it can get quite hectic. And I, and I, I, uh, intentionally, when I have customers come in to tour the, the facility, I don't want to make it too late in the day because I don't want to be out in production with visitors that are just kind of looking around and people are rushing around trying to get production out. That totally makes sense. You don't want to get in the way of anybody's package either. (laughs) I don't want to be the reason why a dye didn't come out because usually I'm the one that has to answer um, myself or or, uh, one of our customer service members have to answer why why I didn't get my dyes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That turnaround is so impressive though, because I feel like one of the things that we deal with as like small printers or even prior to having our presses, we outsourced a lot of our work is um, the lead time that these more like specialty printing techniques can take. Like certainly foil always adds, you know, a little bit of couple more days because we have to get like a metal die versus um, a photopolymer. And then for something like sculpted embossing, which is new to like Mariah and I, neither of us have dipped our toe in yet, but we are very familiar with it. That seems like something like, oh, if I was going to do that for a project, it would probably take like months of production. So it's really interesting to hear about how efficiently you guys work. And so I think we should get a little bit into um, the sculpted embossing and how it just differs from single level embossing and how maybe that differs for you guys as far as production time, you know, Mm -hmm. Because obviously there's a little bit more development that goes into the plate. Sure. So, yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I just wanted to make sure I clarified myself because I said, you know, in today, out today. And that, that is for a, for a copper flat stamping flat die. die. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you get into the sculptured look, um, you know, that's, that's a significantly longer uh, production time. We, we generally quote our customers anywhere from three days to five days. Um, to 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 manufacture, <clears throat> excuse me, a sculptured emboss. They and I may be jumping ahead here a little bit, but the the cycle for a sculptured emboss is, you know, from artwork generation to programming to milling, and then we have to make a, a counter. If the if the customer wants a counter, then you know we have to that that takes a, a day in and of itself to to produce the 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 counter die. And and I'm happy to explain all that. I'm I'm sure we'll we'll head that way. So I don't want to I don't want to get too far ahead. Yeah. No. That's. I mean, we'll talk about obviously the method, but just from what we know, like when you think of sculpted embossing, it's obviously art. You know, it is a sculpture. It has that 3D effect. I would just hope that most people listening will assume that that's going to take a little longer to create. <laughs> yeah. But you can understand why. You know, it is it is a literal sculpture. It is actual, you know, three-dimensional art. Um, so very cool. Yeah, that's completely fair. Yeah, and, and obviously, the more detail, the more sculptured it is, the more levels that it is, the, the, the longer it does take. Longer it takes to uh, program the the uh, CNC machines and the longer it takes to to actually mill the mill the plate. Yeah. So just for our listeners who may not be as familiar with a sculptured emboss, it the single level embossing is like your traditional embossing that you kind of see where the artwork is all just one even raised element above the sheet of paper. So that's why it's called single level embossing. And then for a sculptured emboss, it's like it can actually take on the form of like if you were to do an alligator, it would look like an alligator, you know, raising out of the paper mm-hmm. in full 3D form. Like it's not just a simple line illustration. It is actually like a small sculpture embossed into that. 
piece of paper, which may sound very common sense, but I just want to cover that because that is really the beauty that, you know, this art form brings is that not a lot of people see it. Um, It is definitely unique, but it really allows you to bring your artwork to life on the page, which is Mm -hmm. really cool. Right. So, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. The, the, the raised single level, we we refer to that as raised flat. So uh, in the instance of the alligator, let's just use, use our friend, the alligator, Um, a raised flat is, you know, it's just raising it up one level. And, and so the mouth is the same level as the tail is the same level that the feet Um, there's, there's going to be no scales or no, I, I guess those are scales. I'm, yeah. I'm not a, um, <laughs> yeah. a no, uh, no <laughs> to him. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's all going to be one level from, from front to back. It's all one level. Now the, the advantage of doing it raised flat is, is really, it's twofold cost and time. Um, and, and be, uh, the reason for that is on a raised flat embossed die, we can make that in copper. We don't have mm-hmm. to do it in brass. We can make it in copper. And so we can photo etch it. And so the, the, the nice part about making that in copper is whether it's an alligator or the, the Statue of Liberty, it's, you know, we know exactly it's going to take step one, step two, step three, and, and we can quote it out accordingly. And, and it's quoted, copper dies are quoted by the square inch. Um, and so, you know, it's very cost effective uh, it's very predictable and it's very quick. Brass, on the other hand, or the sculptured, we we can do uh, anywhere from very low detail sculptured work to the most intricate. And and you know, again, going back to the alligator, we can put details in the eyeball. We can put uh, you know all the teeth. We can put the the tongue. We can you know all everything. We can we can make that alligator look so lifelike. It'll it'll look like a, an actual alligator pressed in a piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Which is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so let okay, so now I think would be a good time to get into that process of creating that. Especially, you know, maybe we kind of hang on to this comparison of what the difference would be for something that is still sculpted but low level detail and then something that has really high detail. Cause I'm assuming that there's a lot more layering that goes into the higher detail items and a lot more programming. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I think I think basically, let's just jump into the to the steps of manufacture. Is that is that okay? Perfect. Yeah. 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 So on a on a brass, uh, let, we're just going to call it a sculpture. Whether it's low detail or high detail, it kind of goes through the same process. So that starts with the the customer will send in the file, um, and and what type of file you might ask. Uh, typically, we want a vectored file. So a vectored file, Adobe Illustrator, InDesign, Photoshop, um, EPS files are, are good. PDF files are good. We, we want to stay away from rastered art, but we can use rastered, uh, rastered files if the, the DPI is 600 um, or, gra- or greater. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously, you know, the, the rastered is going to give it the real chunky look and, and it's not going to give our... It's not going to give our team a very good uh, file to make a, a nice, smooth transitioning die. So that's why we we tend to go uh, we 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 request the 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 vectored art. Um, so that that file comes in, and up front we have a customer service team that will uh, discuss the the job intricacies with the customer. So we both have the file in front of us. The our customer service person will look at it and go, okay, what, what do you have in mind with this alligator? How, how lifelike do you want to make it? Mm-hmm. Um, and the customer will say, well, I, I just, I would just need it at low detail. I don't need it very intricate. Or they'll, they'll say, I want it to look like a real alligator. Okay. So then they our our CSR will, will plug all that in and, and create the file, um, the, the order accordingly. That will go to the next step, which is our pre-press department. The pre-press department um, makes sure all the all the components are there and pass it on to programming. Programming is where where really um, this become this starts to to come to life. 
our, our programming team are actually digital artists uh, and they're actually uh, um, sculpting that alligator into the computer screen. Um, I won't go into all the details of how that's done, but it's, 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 it's pretty cool to watch them actually program multi-dimensions into a, into a touchpad. So at this point, we, we now have a digital alligator created. The, <clears throat> one of the tools that Metal Magic can provide is we can provide a 3D simulation to the customer at this point. So we program the, the machine and our artwork, our, our system, we use the same file that creates the three-dimensional simulation that goes into the actual CNC. So the, if I were to send you a three-dimensional simulation, it's, a, it's just a basic PDF and the, the, the user can take that PDF and manipulate it. They can look at it from the front side. They can turn it over, look at it on the back side. They can change the, the lighting to make it natural light versus, you know, um, some, uh, a red light or a blue light or, you know, any, any type of different, um, um, modification we can, we can do it with this simulation. The benefit of that simulation is Jillian, if I sent you the, the, the sim and you go, well, I, I really want the teeth to come out a little bit more. Well, we can do that right there before we actually make any cuts into the piece of metal. So awesome. all, all modifications can be done right then and there um, before we move on to the next step. So, so now Jillian has, has uh, made the modifications. We've, we've reprogrammed it. We've sent that simulation back. You're happy with it then it goes into the, the CNC room. So now that file goes into one of our uh, several CNC machines and the machine, you know, you hit go and it does its magic. Yeah. Um, so anywhere from, you know, a couple hours to, you know, we've, we've had dies that, that run for uh, a shift, a shift and a half. Um, so, it, I mean, it just takes a long, long time to, to, to make it. I was going to ask about that because I have some experience with CNC machines and, you know, depending on the material you're using and, you know, your bit size, like that could take quite some time to drill out. Yeah, it's a progressive thing. You'll, you'll see it go from a, a big chunky bit down to a smaller bit to a, down to a real, real, real tiny bit. Um, and it goes... Layer wise, it goes across and, and goes down a little bit and then it changes tools and it goes down a little bit more. Um, for, for anyone that's interesting, interested in, on our website, metalmagic.com, there, um, there are a couple videos um, and there's a video on our copper die production and there's a video on our brass die production. And, and the, you know, it's a quick video. But the video shows the the programming and it shows the CNCs and and actually goes all the way down to making making the counters and relieving the counters. So it's um you know just because we it, it's hard to it's hard to to put into words what how you know how the process actually goes. So we yeah. we made these videos um, uh, a little while ago and just it helps it helps visualize what what we what our process is. I've seen those videos. Actually, that's how I found Metal Magic first because I was trying to do um, some embossing for a project or even just consider and I was doing research and um, the brass dye video popped up on YouTube and I was fascinated and floored. And that is what sent us down this rabbit hole of like talking to other <laughs> vendors who actually use you guys as their dye vendor. Um and and here we are today talking to you. So I highly recommend our listeners. We will link those videos below in the show notes. A hundred percent worth watching because it is insane to see this process and gives you a true appreciation for the, you know, art, the artistry that goes in behind it, especially um, computer generating the 3D image. And, and that's what I was so curious about because um, I think in the video, it almost seemed like a like a black and white image is provided. And then the 3D artists are able to create the sculptured bust, you know, looking at that image or whatever. And it's not necessarily that the designer came with a 
a file that's all broken out into layers. Like I want his nose to be the highest part and the his ears to be further back. Like you could just come with a a vector image. Flat. Yeah. Yeah. A flat, a vectored flat image of a person or an alligator or whatever it is that you need sculpted. And and that is that is what we get most of the time is we'll get a, a two-dimensional rose and and you know the customer will say just make it lifelike. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's a lot of artistic creativity that that our team has to to you know know what a rose looks like or know know what a cactus uh, looks like or you know or you know yeah. it's common that they'll go and and look up these images and and uh, program according to what they see on you know pictures on the on the um, on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so wild. I mean, to think about these people must actually have artistic talent because that's something that I feel like I couldn't even wrap my brain around. You know, it's like <laughs> we all have different skill sets, but that sounds incredible. And as graphic designers, a lot of times people will say like, oh, I want you to like make it pop. But like quite literally, you guys are taking that flat image and making it pop. You know, it's really it's really a cool concept, you know, cool, cool method. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is, is um, the they'll ask about depth. And I know we're getting into this question here in a minute, but they'll ask about depth and well, how deep do you want it? As deep as possible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that sounds about right. Yeah. So yeah, everyone it, has those people, those questions, don't they? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we have to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. We have that even with single level embossing. Um, you know, sometimes a client will send us artwork and they'll want it embossed on 220 pound and we're looking at it and we're like, oh, this text is tiny. There's no this way. Text, yeah, this text <laughs> is very tiny. Uh, we may have to go back to the art board on this one a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's I think, you know, one of the things that Mariah and I really love to bring to our listeners is to help make things feel less scary. Um, or less intimidating and knowing, um, again, going back to these videos of the production to our listeners, if you watch it, it actually really is comforting because then you could see how much the metal magic team puts in their own skill into creating this sculpted emboss die and that you don't have to know how it's done and you don't have to know how to make something 3d. You just yeah. have to be able to communicate your idea really well and obviously be open to working in with whatever parameters you guys have. Cause I'm sure there are parameters when you're working um, with paper. I mean, Mariah and I know that we've definitely cracked a few sheets of paper in our time without <laughs> trying I, to emboss something. You have. Yeah. I can imagine you have. And, and look, we, we are uh, not to, not to boast uh, on our customer service team, but I, but I think those people are, excellent hand holders. Um, we, we're, we're so used to, to people coming in, just like you're mentioning, that, that don't fully understand. You know, they, they know in their head what they want to achieve, but they don't know quite how to get there. Right. We're, we're good at that. We're, we're good at saying, okay, this is, you, need, you need to provide me this. You need to provide me this. You need to provide me this. And then we're also good at taking those, like you said a minute ago, taking those images that, that uh, have really, really fine line structure and it's on a, on a fairly thick paper and tell customers you're not going to be happy with what you're getting yeah. because yeah. They, you, you know, you just have to understand the process. You're trying to shove this paper into this cavity and the, if the cavity is so small, you're not going to shove that paper in there. And so you, you're going to feel a, a slight bump if you know it's there. Mm -hmm. yeah. but, but, but there are jobs that I'm amazed that that we've that that customers have done because there's not much there. Now, right. now to be fair, there's there's parts of the image that 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 come out, but then there's there's other parts that where where it um, narrows down and you don't really see it, or you don't and and you can kind of feel it. Um, so, I, you know, in in my mind, if we're gonna do an embossing job, I man, I want it to just pop right out there and and grab grab the viewer. I, yeah. And, and we don't always get that opportunity because the, the artwork doesn't, doesn't allow for it. Agreed. Okay. So we've so far in the process, we've talked about the files and creating um, the 3d imagery and going through sort of the proofing phase. 
and even the milling. So what comes after that? Uh, after the milling comes the counters. Okay. So so we have the, the um, sculpted brass piece. Um, and then we, we go to a counter pouring station where we take an epoxy resin. It's a, it's a proprietary blend that we've, we've come up with. Um, it's a two-part um, material and, and we, we mix it together. We pour it over the surface of the dye. Uh, the, the material fills in all the nooks and crannies. Um, and then we, uh, then we roll on a piece of epoxy glass board, uh, and, and that's based on the, the customer specification. Epoxy glass board is just a, a fiberglass, for lack of better terms, um, a, a fiberglass backer board that um, is comparable to the, the epoxy material that we're pouring in to make the, the counter. We, we roll that on, and then it goes into a hy hydraulic press. That hydraulic press is under heat, and under um, a, a decent amount of pressure, it sits in there for about 20 to 25 minutes to um, harden up. And then once it comes out, we drill the registration pinhole so that the the uh, uh, stamping the stamper can marry those two back up on press. Um, and then once we we drill the registration pinholes, we separate the two. Now at this point, the die is finished. It goes off and, and it gets, um, you know, final proofing and, and clean up and everything. The, the counter now goes to its own milling department. Um, and we have a counter milling uh, operation. And that milling department goes right up to the image, uh, you know, again, the alligator. It goes up as close as possible to, to the edge of the alligator to remove that excess epoxy material. We, we remove about half the thickness of the uh, epoxy material. Most commonly, we use a 30 thousandths counter or a 60 thousandths counter. And so in the case of a 60, we would mill out uh, down to 30 thousandths. And, and that really, all that does is that provides paper clearance. So yeah. that when um, the, the die and the counter meet and paper's in the middle, um, there's no halo effect. From, yeah. from getting that extra, uh, you know, extra epoxy material. So we try to get as close as possible. Sometimes the, the image doesn't allow us to really get in there. Like if we're um, embossing words, the, the, the peak of an A or, uh, you know, the inside of a P or an R, uh, it's just it's small enough to where we really can't get in there and, and mill that out as, as much as we'd like to. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I was wondering about that, like, because if you cast it in and then... Then it's yeah, just like we never for the paper. That makes sense, right? Yeah, that's so fascinating. The part of the process um, okay. we never think about. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so so I mean, first of all, you've got the extra epoxy material that uh, squeezes out from from the from the image, and we got to get rid of that. Um, mm -hmm. But then, but then, you know, like I said, we we um, we I don't know if all dye makers do. Um, I don't want to speak for everybody, but. But we um, remove that background um, of of the of the counter just to 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 make it easier. Um, so you know, it's it, there's not as much make ready uh, time needed to to get these dyes looking good. Yeah, yeah. what a blessing because that um, I've done a couple em embossing projects recently, and the time spent on the make ready just to make sure you're not picking up the, um, the edges of the form is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just added time on the press. And if you don't so, have to do that, then that's great. <laughs> yeah. What would have to happen is if we don't remove that background, then you have to build up from, from the top of the, the counter. Yeah. So you're, you're adding a cap. Um, and, and that cap is a, is a fibrous material and, and you're just, you're just building up. Uh, I mean, it's, it's done and it's been done for, for decades. Um, and, and there's a lot of skilled press operators out there that can do it very well. Um, but again, it's, it's added time. Yeah. Awesome. So then when the counters are finished, um, actually I want to go back really quick. Cause we talked about, uh, you mentioned drilling the holes so that they could be lined up. So then is the standard like attachment method for these brass plates that they are actually like screwed into the press? Or do you guys offer different backing materials, like adhesive backing? Like what? 
um, what attachment methods should people be prepared for if they're ordering a, an embossing die? So that's that's where we stop. We we stop with um, the the die that die in the counter that that you will receive, the the brass die and the the fiberglass epoxy counter will be pinned. You know, we we have okay. registration pins, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll submit that to the customer. The die 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 in the counter will come pinned, and they okay. will use those same pins to transfer the the counter onto the press. Most companies will will use a two sided tape, which they apply once once that the the die arrives. Yeah. Um, there there are multiple times. There's a Mac tack. There's a one of the things that one of the tapes that that we see industry wide is a product called Duplo Flex. Uh, Duplo Flex um, is a two sided tape. It's paper. It's it's uh, film based, and the coatings are are very thin. The reason I've, in my mind, the reason this is an industry standard is because the coatings of the adhesive are very thin, so you don't add more stuff, more yeah. packing to the to the counter. Um, but but the adhesive is very aggressive. Yeah. And the film being film based, it lasts for for a long time. It doesn't compress like a paper based um, uh, tape would would compress. Right. And what is the like? Well, I guess it's probably made to spec for whatever the client needs. But like, let's say if Mariah and I were going to order um, an embossing die, we run kind of similar Chandler and Price platen presses where we actually lock in a base into yeah. our, yeah, we lock in a form into our chase. So would we be able to have a plate that's made to like a thickness that we need for that? Or do you guys have a standard thickness and then your clients figure out how to modify that for their presses? Yeah. The, the, the answer is mostly the latter where, okay. you know, our, the industry standard is quarter inch thick, okay. 0.250. Um, and that is probably 90 I don't, I don't even, I won't even guess, um, probably 98, 99% of what we do. Um, can we make it on thicker brass? Yeah, we can. And we have, um, but it, it starts to become cost prohibitive Mm -hmm. on a brass, on a, on a quarter inch thick piece of brass, our pricing is going to be, you know, uh, pretty, pretty good. If we, Mm -hmm. if we go to a, a half inch or three quarter inch brass, because it's a non-standard thing and, and we have to make that as a one-off, the price is just going to skyrocket. And I, I won't even put a percentage on, on right. how much more it is. Yeah. So in my mind, if, if your CNP is, needs a, you know, a half inch base, then it's, it's going to be much more productive for you to get a, a quarter inch piece of aluminum mm-hmm. and, and um, heat Dick. mount the, the brass tie to that, to that aluminum base. Yeah. yeah. Or steel base or whatever. That's perfect to know. Cause that's exactly what I was wondering is like, you know, we're talking about diet and I'm already envisioning like, is there a project that I could do this on, like, <laughs> right now? And then, um, classic, I would probably order a, a plate and it would get to my studio and I'd be like, well now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure yeah. Our, yeah. our listeners are wondering that as well. Um, so that's really good to know. Quarter inch is the standard. So that's great because then for someone like us, we can, do the math to figure out what we would need to put underneath that and use, you know, like you said, some adhesives or anything like that to bind them together and lock it all into our chase. So that is awesome. Yeah, if there's a if there's a requirement on the die side, then then that's where you have to come up with a with a you know a standard backer to yeah. to come up. The the dies the, the dies that we do are are right at 250. There's a process that we go through where we're vertically or integrated in that we we buy our copper and brass directly from the rolling mills and we buy it oversized. So we we buy our brass at at 260, we buy our copper at, you know, 255 or so. Um, and then we bring it in and we send it through our milling process and sanding process so that the die that we make for you is is a perfect two five zero. So Amazing. if if you're uh, you know again if your requirement is that your your die side your your platen or your I'm sorry your chase side needs to be at half inch, mm-hmm. then you know you just have to you have to come up with a a, a half inch backer. 
Yeah. yeah. Now we can, we, as I alluded to uh, a few minutes ago, we can, um, there are alter, alternate size of counters. So if you need some variability on the platen side, we certainly can offer that um, from anywhere from a, you know, a, a, a 15 thousandths counter all the way up to the 60 thousandths counter base. Oh, okay. Wow. That does help. Yeah. Interesting. We kind of talked about it a little bit, but maybe you might have some specific numbers. Like what are the limitations for a sculpted project? You know, and we could just use a standard 110 pound stock. Is there like for us, for letterpress, all of our plates have line weight limitations. Like you can't go under like a 0.25 line weight or you start to wash off the photopolymer. When it comes to milling brass, is there any particular limitation that designers should be aware of when they're creating artwork? Yeah, so it's that's a tough question to answer. On the foil stamping side, um, we we push customers away from anything less than a half of a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the purpose of that is during our acid etching process, the the resist on the copper becomes a little bit more unstable when you get when when the lines get really really fine. So mm-hmm. half half a point becomes a little bit um, unpredictable. On the embossing side, you know it's really it's really a property of. Uh, I mean yes there there are there are limitations of how thin the the CNC bit can get and I don't I, look I'm. I'm a sales guy. I'm not a, I'm not a production guy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. um, The the production folks of of my company would probably cringe if I start talking about uh, uh, this type of stuff. So so I'm not going to. Okay. Sounds Um, good. So, so there are, but, but there are limitations to just how small the, the bits can get on, on our CNC machines. But more importantly, it's, it's how, how much of that paper is going to go in there? So you're, as you said, the 110 pound stock, can we really get that up into a, a one point or, or two point uh, embossed cavity? So I think that's really where it becomes, uh, becomes an issue. And, you know, we, we've produced, um, we've produced technical guidelines um, in, in the form of, of uh, stamped pieces. Mm-hmm. I think most of our listeners, you know, are either printers or are familiar with letterpress. And I think the concept is kind of the same, right? Like at any super fine detail, you know, with a thick enough paper, it's, it's going to fall off. It's going to fall through, or you're not going to be able to get that impression. Um, so I think it's kind of the same concept, you know, it's fairly, I think, logical for people to yeah. assume that if you have this massively intricate sculpted artwork, you know, when you're using really thick paper, it's probably not going to get into every little crevice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I will say I have been very fascinated with some of the pieces that I've seen, kind of the scale of the artwork and how much detail is within that larger scale. Because for letterpress, you know, kind of the bigger you go, the less um, impression you're going to get with each print. So like if you were doing like a very large pattern and you're running that on you know, anything other than a flatbed, really, you're going to get a kiss impression because the press just doesn't want to take that large piece of artwork and press it into the paper as deeply. But then I see some of these sculpted embossing pieces that are maybe like an A9 tree and the entire tree is like very well detailed. And Mm -hmm. so I'm really impressed with the ability for the density of the artwork, I guess, and the scale of the artwork to still hold. And that might be because it's, you know, a metal plate versus a photopolymer plate. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it is very impressive. Yeah. What can be done on paper. <laughs> yeah. So we, and I was, I was touring somebody through, I was in the our Phoenix facility last week and I was touring somebody through. And, um, and, and there was something that I hadn't seen before. It's probably been there for a long time. And I just, you know, just, uh, tunnel vision, yep. but it's a, it was a full size poster. Um, uh, and it was sculptured embossing. So wow. the, the, the cool thing, and we used to do a bunch of it for, oh, there's a, oh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. 
who it was for, but it was a, a video game company that, that were making all these different types of, of, of video games. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember. I'm not even going to um, <laughs> embarrass myself and try to remember what, what one of the names were, but, but uh, it was, it was huge. It was like what you would go to, if you went to Best Buy or GameStop or whatever, and there was an end cap and it was doom. I, I think doom was one of those, those, uh, those titles. And, and this thing was, was probably 24 inches by 36 inches and just so, so much detail in, in the thing, depth and detail. And it was just extraordinary. The, the cool thing is we've, these, these CNC machines that we have are 28 by 40 and, and we have brass that, um, that is 20, 28 by 40 and we can put a whole size, a whole piece of brass in there. Typically what we do is we put that big piece of brass in and there's multiple images on it. So, you know, we'll, we'll gang up six or seven different customer orders, put it in on, on this one piece of brass, program it, hit enter. And, you know, in a few hours we get seven different customer die orders. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's one one uh, image, um, wow. and and that really goes down to can can the can the press uh, you know can the yeah. customer press um, handle that big 20, of a die and yeah. does it have the tonnage <laughs> you know so so you'd have to look at a, a full size bops or or um, MK or or something like that machine that has 250, 400 tons to, to be able to, to press it. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's, you're not going to bottom out in that die. Yeah. Yeah. Our parent sheets, like our large paper sheets are 26 by 40 usually. So (laughs) you'd even have to find specific paper just to fit something that big. So that's wild. That's really cool. I'd like to find somebody that has one of those. I'd like to see a 28 by 40. (laughs) I was just thinking that I was like, I, mm, we're going to have to go on a world tour now and (laughs) hunt some people down because that would be so cool to see. I'm I'm trying to think, I'd I'd love to, I'd love to at least get you pictures of some of these pieces that are, that are done full size like that. Uh, Because they truly are. When you, when you understand, you know, I think for the, for the common consumer, they'll, they'll look at that and go, oh, that's kind of cool. But for, yeah. for, you know, people um, appreciate the process prints and paper nerds like we all, all, yeah. all are, uh, you look at that and just kind of cock your head and go, wow. And <laughs> you, know, you yeah. realize all the things that went into making this and, and you just stand there. I don't know about you, uh, the, the, the two of you, but it's, it's very common for me to, to uh, pick up things at the store and just kind of look at them and try to dissect it right there. And it's like, my wife looks at me and goes, oh, you're such a nerd. (laughs) Yeah. My husband and I love to walk through like the wine aisle. And we always think like when somebody has this super special bottle and label, we're like, oh, they spent more on the bottle than they did on the wine. You know, it's like, we love to, we love to look at like, you know, the different packaging and things. And like, most people don't even think about that, but they are attracted innately to this bottle with this gold foil label or whatever it is, you know, but um, I do. For those of us who understand I love what that. goes into it, is like I, we can. You're we absolutely right, Mar- Mariah. I, I I love that. I you you go to the the liquor store and and there's a there's a bottle of, you know, it's four dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's got foil on it. Yeah. So, exactly. So, you're you like. <laughs> so, all How right. many millions do you have to make before that makes financial sense? You know. <laughs> But it, it's funny you brought up the liquor store because I, that's probably that's probably where I get caught the the most is I'll, I'll go to the liquor store and, and my wife says go pick up a bottle of uh, a nice bottle of red wine I'm not a big wine aficionado so I'll go to the liquor store and I'll I'll you know I'll look at um, a Malbec and and I'll kind of look through some of the ones and and the the uh, you know staff will come up and what are you looking for. And I'll go, well, I'm looking for something that's, that's got a fancy label or, you know, it's got this <laughs> silver gold stuff on it or, or, yeah. um, I, you know, I, I don't really care so much about the, 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 the type of wine it is or, or where, where it comes from. The prerequisite I have is it's got to be decorated with foil or embossing. <laughs> I not, love it. I don't want it. Fair enough. Absolutely. You got to support. You got to support the the customers that are supporting a, our our business. So yeah, um, absolutely. Whether, whether or not Metal Magic made the die for it, you know, I'd prefer to 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 find the wines that we made the die for. But you know, at the at the end of the day, it's what's most important is keeping um, the industry. You're, you're supporting. Alive. You're supporting the yeah. industry. 
Absolutely. I love that. I think that's going to be my new way to shop for wine too. Because I'm also (laughs) not like Mariah knows her wines very, very well, but like I'm more of like a, I could just go for any kind of wine. So yeah, I'm going to start going through and looking for the top notch labels. Yeah. Visually, visually top notch labels. I don't know about the two of you, but it's 10 o'clock in the morning here and I'm already thinking of wine. (laughs) (laughs) It is Friday, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. Good point. (laughs) Jillian's usually um, in Los Angeles, so she's usually on Pacific time. Are you, Mark, are you based in uh, Arizona? No, I'm based in Kansas. Oh, Um, awesome. So, so I I was born and raised in Kansas city uh, when I took this role um, we, we moved to Phoenix. So we lived in Phoenix for, for almost five years and then, you know, family, um, uh, family needs and all, all that stuff, uh, brought, brought my wife and I back here. So, yeah, great. um, we're, we're, we're back in Kansas city. I, I travel all over the country anyway. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I go to the, the home office about once, a once a month, uh, and then travel, um, all over the place, um, the rest of the year or the rest of the month. Got it. That's great. Um, Yeah, Jillian's based in LA. So normally we're on different time zones. So usually she'll be, you know, texting me or messaging me about something. And I'll be like, I'm already happy hour in the like, with the dogs in the yard and my glass of wine. She's still working away. (laughs) We'll bring this full circle where the Metal Magic staff is at the end of the day rushing to get things into the shipping. Mariah's that's usually already. where that's usually where I'm at, and yeah. I'm messaging Mariah like, "Oh my gosh, I have ten minutes to get to UPS, and this fell over, and that fell over," <laughs> and she's just like texting me a photo of her cocktail. Like, <laughs> it must be nice. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's yeah, some it's, fun it's fun to play around with that time time difference. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough with Arizona because Arizona is the one of the states that doesn't observe daylight savings. Yes, I wish the rest of the country would get on the the same boat. Yeah, um, agreed. This, this time change is, uh, you know, it's it's Rough. served its purpose. It needs to go away. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I I um I deal a lot in Pacific time for various reasons, and it's it's like in the winter, especially up here in Minnesota, it gets dark so early. Um, so when that time difference hits in the, in the fall, it's very like emotionally and mentally dramatic, <laughs> you know, yeah. then it's like, you'll be sitting at your desk at three forty-five, and it's starting to become dark outside, you know, and you're like, Oh, how am I supposed to keep working for another hour or two? You know, it's, it's wild. So agree yeah. with you there. But. I have one last question regarding, um, our plates and do Brass plates require any special maintenance as far as storage and cleaning after use? Yeah, not really. Uh, I mean, I guess technically the answer is there should be because at the end of the day, there's there's oxidation that can happen to to metal. There's electrolysis that can happen to metal. So, you know, I think I think a, a rule of thumb is you you want to you want to try to package the dyes in between runs, uh, at least in inside cardboard, uh, to where, you know, they're not getting banged around and they're not getting other stuff sitting on top of it. Um, ultimately if, if there was a utopian situation, we'd, we'd package our dyes in, um, a, a, a bag, you know, a, a Ziploc baggie, um, that way it insulates it. Uh, it keeps the air out of it. Um, but, you know, I think most of our customers just sandwich it between two pieces of cardboard, put it into the, the you know, filing system, the the print drawer, what have you. And, and I think that's really fine. Um, the dyes, the dyes are, you know, the dyes are, are strong enough to where they can withstand a bunch of uh, stuff that you throw at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, these are, they're, they are pieces of art. And, and so you do want to protect them as, as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I know our um one of the biggest questions we get always is how we store our plates and I think it's kind of ever evolving of how we maintain that storage and organization. So, um adding another type of plate, having some metal plates is requires probably a different solution than what Mariah and I currently do. Yeah, throwing yeah, it in a bag, shove yeah. things into an envelope. <laughs> yeah. Well, but 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 the but the problem, and I've look, I've I've been to to customers from from East Coast to West Coast, and you know all over the world actually, 
and and seeing uh, unique ways of storing these things. Um, I, and I think when at the end of the day, it comes down to what is the most convenient way to store it to where when you when you go to rerun the crocodile job, um, yeah. where in the hell is it? Yeah. Um, yes. and, yes. and having to remember how you filed it. Did you file under uh, under C for crocodile or did you file it under A you know, for alligator? I for IZOD or, <laughs> or you know, whatever. I, yeah. Sorry, I just plugged IZOD here. So <laughs> That's okay. We'll reach out. Maybe they'll sponsor our podcast. You never know. <laughs> Amazing. Mark, it has just been such a delight to have you here and educate us on this. And I know our listeners are just going to be swooning and I hopefully we are hopefully we see some more sculptured embossing done at, you know, even the more beginner level. I think it's a really amazing technique to offer your clients. It totally breathes so much life into a project and um, you guys just seem very lovely to work with. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And and thank you. Thank you so much for, for the opportunity to come join you um, and, uh, and, and share this information with, uh, with your, your listeners. Um, it, um, it, it was, I, I don't do these podcasts that much. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect and this has been fun. <laughs> So, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to, I I'm more than happy to send you the kit. Like we talked about, I'll, yeah. I'll send a kit to both of you. Perfect. Um, and maybe that will spur a, a, you know, a, a second round. If, um, if it's, if you guys feel like there's opportunity to, to, uh, to do a video, um, uh, and, and kind of share those things and yeah, definitely. You know, put them up to the camera and, and walk through those. Yeah, that, that would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I we love sharing. Uh, so with every episode, we'll share like a social media post and, and uh, email as well as you know that kind of thing to give people some visuals to go along with it. So we, that would be perfect to have, you know, a video walkthrough of some of these pieces that you've talked about or in your samples. So that'd be great. We would love that. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Happy to do it. Um, and also, I think we should have you kind of talk about just how to reach out to Metal Magic, um, you know, plug your website and that kind of thing in just so that we can have that for our listeners at the end of the episode as well. Yeah, again, the best way is um, on our on our website, metalmagic.com. Um, there is a contact tab um, and that is, you know, it'll it'll send a message out to um, either... So when we order dies, uh, there's two different ways to order dies, whether it's a, a copper die or a brass die. So there's two different email addresses. So just so they don't get confused. Um, if, if it's a brass um, question or a sculptured question, which is kind of what we're talking about here, it would be um, brass at metal magic um, would be the website or the uh, email address. And then uh, if it's questions more about um, uh, foil dies, uh, copper dies, it's files at Metal Magic. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I think that's the easiest way is just to go to the website. There's the the email addresses on there, the phone numbers are on there, um, and you know there's there's a there's a load of things that uh, that the viewer can see when they go to the website. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, the website actually has a really great like glossary and, you know, uh, setting up artwork kind of information uh, section as well. So we'll make sure to link that for people. But yes, um, yeah, I, I think it's worth um, saying that we highly appreciate how helpful the website is. Because yeah. oh in this gosh. industry, it is very rare that a vendor has an extremely helpful website. So thank you <laughs> well, for whoever you on so your team works, works on yeah. that. Um, it's highly, highly appreciated. <laughs> yes. Well, um, thank you. Um, and I, and I really thank you because I'm the one that spearheads the website. So, nice. you know, um, <laughs> well, thank you both again. I appreciate, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank yeah, you we so appreciate so your time and uh, getting to answer all of our questions is, is incredible. So thank you for that. You're welcome. My pleasure. Mark is awesome, first of all. That was um, amazing. Yeah, we should have more VPs of sales on because I feel like they <laughs> know how to talk to humans. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually, and Mark has a very good podcast voice. I feel like yeah. we should just do a whole series with Mark. 
Literally. So, okay. So Metal Magic really, like their website truly is like helpful, um, but their videos, yeah. I love how you brought up the alligator because that was like the, the making brass dyes video is that alligator or crocodile, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and like, you guys have to go watch this video to understand what we're talking about, but it's also just so incredible. Um, it is truly like one of the best ways to comprehend how this method happens. Um, so we'll link obviously their website, which has links to the videos and the glossary and all of that is there as well. Um, but yeah, just super awesome. I also, <laughs> this is this really small feature that I cannot get enough of. Did you notice they have a little time, like a, a clock for their time cutoff? So like if you order by yes. 11 a.m., they have yeah. a little clock to tell you what time it is in Arizona. I was like, this is brilliant. Do you know how yeah. many times people are probably sneaking in at like 11.05 <laughs> like, and with yeah. not taking, with not doing daylight savings time, like how cool is it to be able to just like look and know like, oh, I'm past the cutoff or I'm still ahead of the cutoff time. Like, oh, yeah, amazing. It, it's absolutely amazing. I know when I was on their website, I was like, I wish this was like a vendor that I needed something from right now because yeah. I like the draw. When you make it easy for people to work with you, the draw of working with you is so strong. It is so magnetic. And it's like, I wanted to order something right away. Um, and and we will. We're definitely, yeah. I and I, we're going to experiment for you guys and we're going to report back because I'm already thinking like, should we make a whole series on how to sort of DIY these setups? Like, because obviously we're going yeah. to have... Um, backers made you know which is something that zach could probably mill on our cnc out of like a wood block to get down to the exact right size yeah i have even more questions i think than we started with this episode but not for mark just like questions and how to make this apply to our you know setups <laughs> yeah. um so it's yeah. kind of funny yeah and you know whenever we record new topics like this or new methods or new vendors whatever jillian and i are already like brainstorming how we're going to use these things um, exactly. And this yeah. is not the end of this series on this. We are actually going to speak with a gentleman who works at JR Press, um, Nicholas from JR Press, which is up in San Francisco. We found them while doing some sculpted embossing research to see mm -hmm. um, places where we could maybe outsource our sculpted embossing. And um, they are going to come on and he's going to come on and talk to us about their whole process. So we will be able to talk to him about what kind of press they use, how they set up their press. So now we're going to be transitioning to the actual printing part of yes. um, Sculpted Emboss, which I'm so excited about because I think this is kind of the first time that we've taken something from like Start expert to vendor to yeah. expert like production. Yeah, um, well, something that is, is really not exciting. just letterpress, I think. Yeah, that's the first right. time. So it'll be, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to talk to JR because I feel like a lot of those questions that now I have because of our conversation with Mark will be answered by JR. So, or and by Nicholas, I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. So, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Uh, so, well, stay thank tuned, you so guys. Much to Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Mark. Mark was so um, great to have on. He's super knowledgeable about it. Um, and also just like great at explaining things for those of us who are just little plebeians in the sculpted embossing world. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a really beautiful print method. And I'm sure everyone who's listening has seen some of it on the stationary designer realm. Um, so now, yeah. you know, now, you know now how to get know. it done. And if you have any questions or want to order any sculpted embossing plates, um, or if you're setting up artwork for sculpted embossing, Metal Magic is going to be there for you to help. Um, and their website is just metalmagic.com. So easy to find. I think it's an easy name to remember. Like, I think it's a brilliant yeah. business name. <laughs> so I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, speaking awesome. of websites, ours is a little bit longer, but it's hotoffthepresspodcast.com <laughs> where you could go and learn everything about our podcast. So you can find episodes there. You can read a couple blog posts we put up. You could buy our supply guide, which yes, will need magic. to be updated to include metal magic. <laughs> will need to be updated. Um, <laughs> 
And if you have bought, I guess this is a good time to mention, if you have bought the supply guide, we are actually doing an update to it. Um, and You'll automatically receive you, that update. You automatically receive that. So if you bought it several months ago or if you buy it today, you will for the lifetime always have the most current supply guide. Um, yeah, because we have some new vendors. We have unfortunately lost some vendors. Yeah. And um, we also have some updates to the supplies that we use in our shop because we are ever evolving and using new things and new methods. And yeah, we like to give you guys a scoop on how we're setting up all of our stuff uh, because we usually try to do it as easy as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and most conveniently as possible rather yeah. than ordering something from a million miles away. Um, yeah. yeah. So we also will be sharing an episode or I'm sorry, we'll be sharing a uh, social media post to go along with this episode. That'll have some really great visuals. So be sure yep. you're following us on Instagram at hot of the press pod. Um, that is where we share kind of all of the behind the scenes and all of the extra kind of, uh, photos and videos that go along with the episode. So, um, follow along there and join in the conversation in the comments or send us a DM with any questions or requests for future episodes. Um, and if you do have questions about sculpt embossing on the production side, you know, once you get it, uh, your plates ordered in, um, let us know. We'll ask Nicholas those questions and uh, get the information for you. Yeah. And if you have done a sculpt and embossing project, please post a photo and tag us so we could share it because these things are so gorgeous. They are a work of art. Even if you did it seven years ago, tag yes. us in that post so we that we can see share it. it. We want to <laughs> see it. We want to see it. All right. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.